37. All right. So we have a very interesting episode today. Um, you're used to being team TNA. Uh, today it's team A and E. Uh, actually, let's do E and A because I don't want to get sued. But yeah, actually, I, like I also do don't want to get sued by EA also. Um, okay. Well, we'll figure that out later. Anyway, today I have a very special guest. Uh, Tyler is not available to be with us today. He's working super late. Um, episode 37, I have a crazy backstory of what happened. You all know sometimes we get technical difficulties from time to time. Uh, what happened this time is we recorded the episode and it only recorded my audio and Tyler's audio kicked in like three minutes after and it stayed with that delay for the entire episode. So we scrapped that episode. Didn't want to leave you empty-handed. I reached out. My brother, Eddie, grabbed my hand. Eddie, are you with us? I'm here. Welcome to, to Team TNA Podcast. Uh, today, Team E&A, Team A&E, however, however you want to say it. Whichever um, one costs less. Yeah, yeah. whoever, whoever has the, the less, uh, the less uh, to, to, to get when they sue us is, is the one we're going to go with. So we'll, we'll figure that one out when we get the letter from the lawyers. Um, so how are you today, Eddie? This is your first time on the show, man. Um, I'm doing well, doing well. Yeah, excellent, man. I'm happy. I'm happy to have you on. Thank you so much for, for grabbing the reins and and running with us. Um, my pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so, you know, this episode, we're going to call it happy accidents. Um, because you know, it it was a happy accident that, uh, unfortunately we did lose our episode. We will re-record it. It's an awesome episode. Uh, I hope to hear it soon. Yeah, that one's a lot of fun. I think you're gonna like that one a lot. Um, it's uh about TV shows that that not just TV shows. It's sequels that I don't want to give too much away. I don't want to give okay. too much away. Don't. But it's a great episode. So we have a happy accident segment today. Uh, episode yeah. today. Um, guest starring you know my brother Eddie. Yeah, uh, it's it's with me. And if I may be so bold, can I introduce the segment? Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I was. I mean. Keep the segment, go with it, or or it could die with my little guest spot here. But I'd like to introduce the the word of the day that just so happens to fit. Uh, it's going to be serendipity, which is oh. an unplanned but fortunate discovery. Awesome. I felt fitting. That is fitting. That is very fitting. Um, this is this is a really unique uh, thing right here. It is very serendipitous to have to have this experience happen with you. Also, this is my first time being in Tyler's seat, and on my end, I've never seen that Tyler has so many buttons in his control panel. Check this out, Eddie. Let me know if you could hear this. Let's see. Did you hear that? I didn't. This is really nice. I mean, Tyler has all these buttons on this side. And yet, they don't do anything for me. Really? Really? All right. Well, anyway, cool. <laughs> Let's just get right into it. Let's talk about some happy accidents. I have some awesome ones. Um, these are a few inventions, a few discoveries that happened completely by accident. So it's people that had no intention of doing it, just like Eddie had no intention of doing this episode, but it worked out yeah. um, in a serendipitous way, if you will. Um, <laughs> so let's start off with Plato. So the inventor of Plato is Joseph Mc McVicker. Wait, uh, the, he was a philosopher, Plato. Uh, no, 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 Plato, the 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 Plato, uh, oh. <laughs> the yeah, child it was story. Yes, yes, it was invented by Joseph McVicker, uh, head of a Kutal Products company, a soap manufacturer in Cincinnati, Ohio. 
what he was trying to make in the early in the early 1950s, Kutol created a doughy clay to remove soot in coal-burning homes. But as the Christian Science Monitor reports, people soon switched from coal to gas to warm their homes, and the company was headed towards bankruptcy. How was it created? McVicker learned that his bro- his school teacher's sister was using the dough as modeling clay in her classes. Eureka! It was a toy, not a cleaning product. By 1957, colored Play-Doh was sold at Macy's and hawked on kids' TV shows, turning its creators into millionaires. Eddie, we had some good time with Play-Doh, right? Yes, we did. Uh, luckily, not not the kind of kids that would eat Play-Doh. Yeah. That was never an <laughs> issue with us. No. Uh, me being grossed out by every single thing, you know, we got lucky with that, and you just, I guess, weren't curious enough to ever give it a taste. No. And you know what? We tried the, the newspaper transfer thing, and it never seemed to work for us. Remember that? I do remember that. I do remember that. I think that's one of those things that's like like as seen on TV, you know, where like everything works smoothly, but then in of real course. life, in practice, it doesn't work as well. <laughs> yeah. So like when you're trying to invent there. goo to clean dust and your sister uses it for modeling instead. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly like that. Uh, moving along, we have the Popsicle. Um, yeah, it was invented by an 11-year-old named Frank Epperson. Uh, it's just funny when it's an 11 year old and his name is Frank, right? Like you don't hear that anymore. Yeah, seriously. It's like those old names that are making a resurgence. Yeah. Like someone naming their daughter, Helen or (laughs) Agatha or Eddie. Um, or Eddie. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So what he was trying to make, um, in 1905, Epperson was chilling out in the back porch of his family home in San Francisco in a very fortunate case of playing with food. Epperson was stirring powdered soda and water in a cup with a stick. He went inside for the night, but left the cup. How it was created. The next morning, as, Gizmo's, as Gizmodo writes, Epperson discovered a sweet icicle on a stick. He named his invention after himself, the Epsicle. He <laughs> made them for friends and later kids who called it Popsicle. Oh, Pops Icicle or Popsicle for short. In 1923, he applied for a patent, and the popsicle was properly born, saving overhead, overheated Americans for many summers to come. Yeah. Um, now that's a happy accident, man. That's that's talk about leaving something out and and you know coming up with something that you know changed the world, right? Absolutely, and it's a it's totally a fun summer snack. It is. It is. Um, this is one of the most consumed products in the world. This is something that everyone knows about. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about Coca-Cola. Um, I love Coca-Cola. Who doesn't? I don't know, Eddie. There's a lot of like Coke versus Pepsi drama. Which side of the fence are you on? Um, to be honest, probably Coke, but only because our father worked at a Coke factory once. Don't be biased, man. I'm just talking taste. If they pour both of them in a cup, which one will you pick? Well, right now, anyway, I'm trying to watch my girth. So I've been drinking uh, Coke Zero. Not that it okay. does me any good. And I definitely prefer Coke Zero over the Pepsi Zero or Max, whatever it's called now. I, I'm I, I'm 100% with you. I don't know what it is. Pepsi has like that weird taste, but I don't know. I'm a, I'm a Coke guy. Yeah. So Coca-Cola was invented by a pharmacist named John Pemberton. Uh, what he was trying to make, um, living in Atlanta in the 1880s, Pemberton sold a syrup made of wine and coca extract, and he called it Pemberton's French Wine Coca, which was touted as a cure for headaches and nervous disorders. 
how it was created. In 1885, Atlanta banned the sale of alcohol, so Pemberton created a purely coca-based version of the syrup that could be mixed with carbonated water and drank as a soda. The result was a perfect beverage for the temperance era, a brain tonic called Coca-Cola. And that's the story of Coca-Cola. Yeah, they forgot to mention it's laced with Coke, like cocaine. That That's in the original uh, formula, though, right? Yeah, uh, they so from what I understand, Coca-Cola actually has a, a special license to still use Coke, Coca leaves, but they they supposedly make them now without the any of the psychoactive drugs or anything like that, just for uh, air quotes flavor. <laughs> and, and, and not addictive qualities at all, right? Oh, none, none. <laughs> um, do you think people that drank the original recipe would get like high out of their mind on it? Do you think they had like real like cocaine reactions to it or, or no? I, I'm sure they felt its effects. Don't forget, it's like ancient times. They were distilling things in a bathtub. So it's not <laughs> like they could get very pure back then anyway. Yeah, and right. And also something to think about people back then didn't drink soft drinks beverages like that like we do today for them it was like a special treat so the once in a while probably prevented yeah, it would be them more it would suffering. be more of a treat right 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 yeah that's a good point that's a good point um so moving along and this is eddie i think this is one of your favorite things and you'll correct me if i'm wrong chocolate chip cookies um, so the inventor of chocolate chip cookies was Ruth Wakefield, and she was the owner of the Toll House Inn, which I wonder if that, you know, has to do with the name of it. Uh, what she was trying to make. Yes. Yes. Uh, what she was trying to make, uh, Wakefield just wanted to make some chocolate cookies. Uh, how it was created. While mixing a batch of cookies in 1930s, uh, Wakefield discovered she was out of Baker's chocolate. As a substitute, she broke sweetened chocolate into small pieces and added them to cookie dough. She expected the chocolate to melt, making the chocolate cookies, but the little bits remained intact. Voila, we had chocolate chip cookies. Thank God for this lady. Yeah, right? Oh my I think, God. I, I think in my lifetime, I've eaten more chocolate chip cookies than I have days in my life. Like I I don't know I don't know how to put that in you know I don't know how to realistically uh, measure that but I'm I'm pretty sure that statistic is true. Oh I don't doubt it. <laughs> uh, what else do we have here? Uh, potato chips. Ooh. This is a fun one. When I was writing this one, I was thinking about Tyler because like Tyler is just like an angry bastard, you know? Like, and this is something <laughs> that would absolutely happen to him. Let's and it. I say that with I say that with the most amount of love. Like when I call Tyler an angry bastard, like he knows why. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> so the inventor of potato chips was Mr. George Crum, a chef yeah. at the Cary Moon Lake House in Saratoga Springs, New York. What he was trying to make. Uh, Crum was trying to serve a customer French fries in the summer of 1853. Uh, how it was made. The diner kept sending his French fries back, asking them to be thinner and crispier. Crum lost his temper, sliced the potatoes insanely thin, and fried them until they were hard as a rock. To the chef's surprise, the customer loved them. Who wouldn't? Eddie, if that doesn't have Tyler written all over it, like, you know, just trying to, like, be spiteful and, like, doing, oh, yeah. like, Pass something, right? Passive-aggressive uh, revenge. Yeah, like, that's that's how a potato chip was made by some chef that was, you know, Tyler incarnate. 
And he's yep. like, yeah, well, why don't you eat this, you piece of shit? And then the guy's like, this is amazing. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't doubt it for a second. It's probably one of his past lives. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this one right here, Eddie, this one, I wanted to know if you have more information about this one or if you can give us any fun facts about this. Um, the next one up is the pacemaker. Uh, inventor John Hobbs. He was an electrical engineer. He was trying to make. Uh, Hops was conducting research on hypothermia and was trying to use radio frequency heating to restore the body's temperature. How it was created. During his experiment, he realized if the heart stopped beating due to cooling, it could be starting again by artificial insemination. This realization insemination. led to the... Sorry? You said insemination. <laughs> it... Did I? Yeah. It could be starting again by artificial stimulation. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this realization led to the pacemaker in 1951. Um, I don't know, Eddie. I mean, do you have any fun facts about the pacemaker? I mean, well, it's, it's seen... earlier recipients of a pacemaker actually felt the shock sometimes because Ouch. they they had to fine tune it, and it's literally like getting a zap on a muscle because that's what your heart is. Yeah, so what, they would drink a, a cup of water in, like, short circuit or something, or what? <laughs> no, 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 but but they definitely felt it when, when their heart needed that kick. Okay. Um, so, is this the same theory of, of people using the, and I don't know the medical term, uh, shock paddles? Yes, defibrillator. Defibrillator, what... is that? So, the defibrillator, though, it's a, it's a common misunderstanding. Um, it does not restart a, a stopped heart. What it restarts is the regular pattern. So, so what? It's someone's it's someone's heart going like completely out of whack, and this thing just shocks it into into a rhythm. Exactly, that's what it does. Basically, when a person is dying for whatever reason, there's a multitude of reasons. And sorry to get macabre, but uh, that's my thing. Um, yeah. When a person is dying, their heart falls out of rhythm as part of the natural process a defibrillator basically what it falls into is what's called a fibrillation where it kind of pumps but it doesn't actually pump it kind of dances in place it's doing its little uh final dance <laughs> and so okay. it, it the condition is called a fibrillation it's that dance so a defibrillator knocks a pattern back into it by giving it a quick zap and it tries to get you hope the pacemaking cells in the heart starts you hope that it fits them back into a regular rhythm okay but is that that's not healthy for the body i mean obviously this is a person on their way out the door anyway right but it's not exactly and it's one of those the pros definitely outweigh the cons i mean they can suffer like burns to the skin and things like that and obviously it's not good for the longevity of the cells but it'll definitely basically bring a person from dying back to life that's that's what stabilizes the heart monitor like we've seen on like shows like er and and whatever it, it may be right exactly okay okay so 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 now we're clearing up some some mis, uh, misconceptions so the defibrillator is for someone that's alive on their way out there you go see cpr is for a dead a dead person right yes yeah, if you a do of, CPR a lot of on someone, don't know that. they're a dead, they're a dead person. Okay, so so when we see anyone in a, in an accident or anything like that, that it's 
CPR is being performed on that person. That person is is someone with zero heartbeat. Is is and that's why they're being you know having the CPR administered to them, right? That's that's really really interesting. That's really really interesting. Um, and I appreciate you clearing that up for us. That's that's a big deal and a misconception that I myself had for many many years. Yeah. Um, so moving right along here, that and it's interesting that they would put one next to the other. And I have a question for you in regards to this. Uh, the next thing is the microwave. Uh, the microwave was invented by Percy Spencer. He was an engineer with the Raytheon Corporation. Uh, he was trying Ooh. to make. In 1946, Spencer was conducting a radar-related research project with a new vacuum tube. Um, how it was created. While experimenting with the tube, a candy bar in Spencer's pocket started to melt. Already a holder of 120 patents, Spencer grabbed some unpopped popcorn kernels and held them by the device. Sure enough, they started to pop. Spencer knew he had a revolutionary device and an enabler for lazy cooks everywhere. Um, I, I've heard, I've often heard that, uh, I've often heard that if you have a pacemaker, you can't be around, around microwaves, which I always, you know, found it fascinating. Um, I don't know if there's any truth to that or not, but that's, that's really, really interesting. Um, I reached out to our resident, uh, chef and our resident baker, uh, that is Lalo, Lalo. Lalo, Lalo, God damn! Why do I say it wrong every time? Lalo Tejeda, he's gonna kill me. Uh, he was on our "I Want to Be a" series, so I reached out to him and I asked him if he has any microwave um, quotes for us because he's, you know, he's a legit chef. He's a legit baker. He has, you know, the head for these things. So I asked him, "Can you give us any like specific quotes about microwaves?" Uh, and he said, "Microwaves have their place in every professional kitchen. I've used them in every." In every kitchen I've worked in, from small shitty delis to Michelin star restaurants. It's just that some places use them and some places abuse them. So, I don't know. That That's that's his take on it. So, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for us. I have zero shame about using the microwave. Um, I'll be honest, though. I think it does. It is super annoying when it heats up the food on the outside and not the inside. And then you have to stir it just to get it, you know, some kind of correct. Um yeah, but that's 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 the fun about uh, that's the fun thing that we have with uh, microwaves. Um, what else do we have? Post-it notes. Eddie, you're still with us, right? Yep, I'm here. Okay, just checking, man. I know I talk a lot. Like this happens to me with Tyler all the time. I just talk so much, and he's like, you know, he just he takes a backseat. So now I know that it's it's not just. Uh, not just Tyler. It's it's a legit fact that I do talk too much, which I apologize. You don't talk too much. We're mesmerized by the sound of your voice and, <laughs> and, and definitely by all the new things we're learning. Okay. So this one here, and hopefully you don't have an Eric moment where you just start laughing and, and we just lose you all together. This happens to me all the time. You've heard our podcast. Yep. So post-it notes. And I put in parentheses, not invented by Romy and Michelle. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. So anyone, anyone uh, listening, if you haven't seen, if you don't get that reference, check out a movie called Romy and Michelle, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. It's it's one of our more often quoted movies. Yes, it's one of Eddie's absolute favorite movies too. Like, if you want to see Eddie just die <laughs> laughing, like that's the movie. <laughs> Absolutely. So many, so many dumb things in that movie. Like, I, I don't know why it's as funny as it is, but it's just one of those movies that just you know it tickles you, right? It's the dumb charm. 
It's the dumb charm, absolutely. So post-it notes. Um, the inventor of the post-it notes uh, was not Romy and Michelle. It was uh, Spencer Silver and Art Fry, researchers in the 3M laboratories. Um, what they were trying to make. Uh, in 1968, Silver made a low-tack adhesive at 3M but couldn't find a use for it. How was it created? Uh, Silver's adhesive was remarkable for the fact that you could stick it to some, stick something light to it, like a piece of paper, and pull it off without damaging either surface. Nice. What's more, the adhesive could be used again and again. He tried to find a, a marketable use for the product in 3M for years, but to no avail. Uh, years later, his colleague Fry found himself frustrated when he couldn't find a way to stick papers into the book of the hymns at his church choir. And like that, the idea for the post-it was born. Though it wasn't until 1980 that it was launched nationwide. Um, they couldn't just use to, a paperclip? I mean, you could, but you want paperclips all <laughs> over it? Like, it's going to make the, the book 500 pounds if you have to paperclip every, everywhere you would put a post-it note. That's true, and good luck passing a metal detector. <laughs> it's, my, it's my church choir book, I swear. We've heard uh, that story before. Yeah, right? Um... Eddie, you went to college. I mean, post-it notes is like it's 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 sacred, right? I mean, to some people, it depends on your studying style. I could never get used to them. I always just used it for decoration. Really? Really. I've, Although I've, I did, I did like the little edge markers to mark pages. That's about those it. ones. Yeah, those ones. Those those tab things, whatever it's called, edge markers, like you say. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we have here. Going down the line. I just have a few more. I know you have some of your own, Eddie, so I'm excited to hear what you have. But just the last two I have on mine. No um, Scotchgard was invented by uh, Patsy Sherman. She was a chemist for 3M. So a lot of a lot of good people coming out of 3M. Yeah, a lot of good inventions. Yes. Uh, what she was trying to make. In 1953, Sherman was assigned to work on a project to develop a rubber material that would not deteriorate from exposure to jet aircraft fuels. Uh, how it was made. An assistant accidentally dropped a mixture of uh, a mixture Sherman was experimenting with on her shoe. While the rest of her shoe became dirty and stained, one spot remained bright and clean. <laughs> she retraced her steps and identified that the stain-resistant compound known today as Scotchgard. So that's that's absolutely a mistake gone right. Yeah, serendipity. Yeah, we use Scotchgard in, in, in our everyday lives. We don't even realize that we use it. So many things are coated with Scotchgard. Um, one of the hacks of the days, I guess, today is you put Scotchgard on your on your couches, on your uh, on your shoes, things like that. It totally, totally is going to help with the longevity of of the whatever it is that you're Scotchgarding. And apparently, keep it from degrading in jet fuel. Yeah, which is important. Which is important. <laughs> I mean, um, isn't that part of your everyday life? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I run on jet fuel. That's why I talk so much. <laughs> Uh, the last one I have on my list, Eddie, and I and I hope you have something fun for us um, in regards to this uh, is penicillin. Ooh, yeah. Invented, yeah, invented by Sir Alexander Fleming. He was a scientist. He was trying to make. Uh, ironically, Fleming was in search for a wonder drug that could cure diseases. However, it wasn't until Fleming threw away his experiments that he found what he was looking for. How it was created. One day in 1928, Fleming noticed that a contaminated petri dish. He had discarded contained a mold that was dissolving all the bacteria around it. When he grew the mold by itself, he learned that it contained a powerful antibiotic, penicillin, that could be used to treat ailments ranging from syphilis to tonsillitis. Thanks to penicillin and other antibiotics, the rate of death due to infection, infectious disease is now 
one twentieth of what it was in nineteen hundred. Wow. Eddie, tell us something about penicillin, man. Uh, it, it was touted as a wonder drug. I mean, it it literally cured so many ailments, like you mentioned, one in twenty. It, yeah, that's it, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, what what are things that people use penicillin for today? I mean, it's mostly the same, just uh, bacterial infections mostly. Uh, they give it as a preventative before and after surgeries, things like that. Okay. And that is all credited to Sir Alexander Fleming, who got knighted. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, think of the contribution to mankind. That's true. That's true. Yeah. When you do that much, I mean, yeah, you deserve it. Yeah. So let me give my, my jaw a rest. Let me give some people's ears uh, a rest also, Eddie. Soothe, soothe us, Eddie. Soothe us, man. Tell, tell us something. So I have two. Um, okay. One of them is uh, actually just basically plastic. One of the first forms of plastic was invented uh, as an accident. There was a Belgian chemist in 1907 called Leo Bakeland, and he was trying to look for a replacement for shellac, which uh, it comes from a resin secreted by a South Asian beetle. And so, obviously, it takes, I, I don't even know, countless amounts of beetles to produce the shellac, which is what people were using. Uh, basically, he, 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 he tried to, to create a non-conducive material and ended up making that plastic in his lab to, re to replace uh, the resin. That's really That's interesting. That one. Yeah, and I mean, he's totally not narcissistic at all uh he just modestly named it back bacalite which his name is bacalind <laughs> he's very humble then too isn't yes. he humble. Um, i mean it's everywhere though so yeah shellac is a funny word i mean that's just a word like you hear that you start laughing as soon as you said it, i had to mute my microphone i just started laughing <laughs> <laughs> shellac okay yeah. uh and what then, else you got for us and then the last one which is gonna be hard to beat I mean, luckily you did all of yours first. Uh, uh it's it's uh, so Pfizer was trying to create a drug to treat patients that have angina, which is heart pains. Okay, it's a common precursor to heart attacks. And when they tested out their drug, they found instead of curing that, it actually gave some people heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually gave other people a completely unrelated effect uh, below the belt. And uh, today we know them as the wonderful little blue pills, Viagra. Oh, shit. No way. Yeah. Jeez, man. They gave people heart attacks on the search for uh, hard-ons? <laughs> on the search for a way to prevent heart attacks. <laughs> it's like, here, take this pill. It's going to keep you from getting a heart attack. And then you take it and you're like, oh, I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a boner yeah, <laughs> yeah right. uh, it's like i'm dying and i've never been more turned on in my life you know? <laughs> i guess this is my kink yeah yeah right oh my god that's funny man that's yeah, hilarious those, those are the two i got so eddie if you're if you're having a heart attack can you take viagra i mean yes but it's better to just take aspirin wait but you can you can take it though you can. It's a vaso. It's a vasodilator. Yeah, I was gonna your... ask. Is it a vasodilator? Like, exactly. Yes. <laughs> it it helps. 
it helps with blood pressure and all of the other parts of what the body I, does in a way to a heart attack. I, I know this is a silly question because why why would they have it? But if if they don't have aspirin, could a woman take Viagra also? Or she could, no. she could, of course she could, and she might uh, actually have similar effects. Not exactly, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so those those are some of the some of the, some of the discovered uh, inventions and and discoveries. Uh, real quick, Eddie, um, honorable mention to uh, latex. Wasn't it also discovered? Uh, yeah, L- latex was also an accident discovery. Speaking of hard ons and uh, blue pills, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's your segue of the day. Yeah, that snapped us back into place. Yeah, I see what you did there, Eddie. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Let me see. I have Tyler's button here. Do it, do it. There yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> he has so many cool buttons here, man. I'm serious. Let me see if this one works. Hold on. Do it. Nice. Man. Is it just going to keep going? <laughs> I hope not. Okay, there we go. It, 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 it faded away. Did you hear that? Yeah. Where was that one when you mentioned Viagra? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to get a little bit more personal. I mean, those are just fun facts, but everyone listens to this show, not for the, you know, not for the the facts. They want to hear, you know, mine and Tyler's stories or today, mine and your stories. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to give some of our own discoveries, um, in the, in the form of foods. So yeah. the first place I want to talk about, I'm sorry. It's the way to our hearts. It, it definitely is the way to our hearts. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't want to give away too much because we are doing, uh, in a later episode, we're doing, Team TNA's Guide to Los Angeles and California. So I'm just going to give a handful. Um, these will be talked about again on that episode, On that episode, I promise you. But this is fun because I have Eddie here with us, and he yeah. has his own, uh, his own um, perspective on these. So the first one on my list, and when I was looking this up, I was terrified that I was going to Google it and see that it had closed because of coronavirus. And I'm oh. so glad that wasn't the case. Um, the first one on our list is a restaurant called Isabella's. Uh, you can find it at isabellapizzeria.com. Um, what I love about that place is the mac and cheese balls. They have really, really good pizzas. They have really good pastas. They have huge beer towers. Uh, Eddie, what about Isabella's, Eddie? You remember that place? That place is awesome. I totally recommend it if you're ever in the San Diego area. So they moved, Eddie. They moved. They have a new location. They're They're in Claremont Drive. They're still in the city of San Diego. Uh, the reason why I call it a discovery is because we totally got lost one night. We were driving. It was uh, Tyler. It was Eddie. It was me. We were driving around San Diego just aimlessly. You know, where are we going to eat? We started making these random left and right turns. We ended up on a street with no street lights. At the end of this street, on a, overlooking a mountain, you know, it was a beautiful view. All yeah. of a sudden, there it is, Isabella's. Another beautiful view. Another beautiful view. So we just went in there, and it was amazing. Amazing. Right, Eddie? It was, it was such a, it's like an oasis in the middle of a desert, how it was that night. It it really was. And, and every time we've gone back to San Diego, we always make it a point to stop there. So that's IsabellaPizzeria.com, uh, 4705A Claremont Drive. Um, what else? San Diego, California. That's the one you want to look for. So IsabellaPizzeria.com. Check that out. Yeah, you Um, really should. The next one, and this is, this is a local celebrity spot like this is not not known for celebrities to eat there but this is just a famous famous spot and that is daglas drive-in uh, wow. their website yes sir daglas drive-in.com 
uh, huge portions, amazing burger and fries. Uh, their gy- 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 gyro, 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 yes, or oh gyro. my god, gyro, yeah, that's the right way. Their gyro sandwiches are are to die for. Um, these this place just has the best fries like ever, ever. Their burger and fries is crazy. That's their catchphrase. Every day is Friday. Yeah, every day is Friday over there. Eddie has the the Eddie goes for vegetarian options a lot of times when we're out. Um, and Eddie swears up and down that's the best, you know, uh, veggie burger out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you eat veggie more or you eat veggie completely, that's the one to go if you just want a veggie burger. Yeah, their fries are crazy. Their portions are ridiculous. Um, if you order a large fries from there, they give you like just about a trash bag full of fries. It's crazy. It might as well be a giant grocery bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really, really good. So they are daglessdrivein.com, uh, 20036 Van Owen Street, Winnetka, California. Check them out. I mean, just look at their pictures. They're on Instagram as well, I think. D-A-G-L-A-S, drive-in. So that's a lot of fun. Um, another one is pizza wagon of Brooklyn. Uh, fun, fun story about this one. Me and Eddie were just driving around again, aimlessly, you know, it was after work. We were both on our way home. We said, you know what, man, where are we going to stop to eat? Eddie says, what is pizza wagon of Brooklyn? I'm like, I don't know, but let's, you know, you know me, I'm, my blood type is pizza. So we stopped there. Amazing. 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 Eddie, tell him Eddie. Amazing. And, and Something I had never tried before and always wanted to try. They have the Sicilian pie. Yes. Just that deep dish style pizza. Yes. Oh my gosh. So what I like about them, um, they have epic pizza. They're family owned. They have great service. They're they're not super pricey. Uh, check them out on Instagram. Pizza Wagon of Brooklyn. All one word. Pizza Wagon of Brooklyn. Um, they're super, super good. The guy who owns it, the family who owns it, but the guy that that that's there and runs it, uh, he's from New York and so he knows pizza. He, yeah, he knows pizza. Um, he's just the nicest guy. He's just super chill. Like I've been there so many times with Eddie. He's the nicest guy. Isn't he super cool, Eddie? He's very cool. He starts talking to us right away, even while he's working, just checking everything. Yeah. And he, and, uh, his family owned a pizzeria shop in, in Brooklyn. And so he brought the recipe, he brought that style, you know, that New York style pizza. This is like legit, legit, legit New York style pizza. So pizza wagon of Brooklyn, definitely on my list. If you're ever in Southern California, look them up They're on, um, where are they? I don't, I didn't write their address down, but they're on Ventura Boulevard. They're amazing. Amazing. Um, the last one I'm going to give because I don't want to give too many away. I'm telling you guys, the, the Team save TNA Guide it. to Los Angeles is going to be crazy. What would you say, Eddie? I said save it, yeah, for that guide. <laughs> yeah, so the last one I'm going to give, um, Eddie, you're going to freak out when I say the name here. Uh, I don't know if you remember, Eddie, Barley and Mash. Oh, man, that was such a good place. Yes, so barleymash.com uh, is, is their website, barleymash.com. Uh, great bar, great atmosphere, high-end food massive menu reasonable prices it was awesome awesome right there in the gas lamp district of san diego eddie what do you have to say about barley and mash uh it's it was an awesome bar with awesome bar food i mean yes. you don't feel like you're in just a bar it, it feels like a high quality restaurant it does it does but it's open it's open it's completely open out to the street so there's good air coming in. There's like good vibes over there. They have uh, music playing. When we went, we went a few times. There was a band one time. 
Uh, yeah. They have TVs, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they had sports on and stuff also. Of course, it's still a bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's super cool. Like, I think Tyler had the duck macaroni and cheese. Like, they have, I'm telling you, they have, like, weird stuff over there, but it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, They're they're right there at 600 Fifth Avenue in the Gaslam District in San Diego. Uh, Check them out, barleymash.com. Super, super good. Super, super good. Yeah. Um. That's all I'm going to give away for that because I don't want to kill episode, you know, a later episode that we're going to do. I do have some hack discoveries. These aren't necessarily discoveries, but these are some things that I discovered work well um, or I discovered that are interesting. Okay, let's hear them. Um, what I like to do, and this is, this is my little fat boy trick that I like to do at McDonald's, is I order a McFlurry. I usually get the Oreo McFlurry. What I like to have them do is mix hot fudge into the McFlurry. Um, <laughs> I know that sounds super fat. So Eddie, uh, this is where penicillin kicks in, right? Absolutely. Yes. And, <laughs> this and, is one uh, of the pasteur as well for pasteurizing that milk. Yeah, yeah, but penicillin is definitely you know when you start getting diabetes, like I, isn't that what you go for? No, insulin. Insulin. Oh my god, I'm so happy I have you on this episode. You see, no one with uh, no one with diabetes listen to me. If you put penicillin in, please don't listen to me. Ignore him. Ignore but, me uh, completely. Only because you mentioned McDonald's and the McFlurry. Also, I do have to just shout out. Damn you, people with peanut allergies! It's your fault. We don't have the Butterfinger McFlurries anymore. Oh my god, Eddie, the Reese's Cup McFlurry. The Reese's, the Reese's. That's oh what my was. god, Eddie, damn you for bringing that up, Eddie. Damn you for bringing that up. I haven't had that in years. Oh my god, it's those peanut it's allergy it. bastards, man. <laughs> you have to ruin it for the rest of us, right? Oh man, <laughs> oh damn you for bringing that up, Eddie. Seriously, I haven't thought about that in so long. Damn. Yeah. Oh god. All right, moving, moving on. Because if I don't move on, I'm gonna start crying right now, and that'll be the end of the episode. Yeah, um, right. so. If you're very hungry and your blood type is pizza, just like my blood type, one large pizza has more pizza than two mediums. And I find that hard to believe, but they did measurements and like volume and all that stuff. And it's, it's absolutely right. So one large pizza, and this is depending on, you know, standard sizes, not, you know, some places have like a massive medium, but one large pizza is more pizza than two mediums. So you're welcome for that. Um, Eddie, you're, you're as unimpressed as could be. Seriously, man, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out here. Well, I mean, we've seen that one. Our friend Bobby posted that like years ago on his Instagram. And I, and I've been, and I've been appreciating him and growing in, in, uh, size, pant size ever since that day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, this is what I've said on, on previous episodes, but this is when I can't get enough of this. I do it, you know, I use it every single day when I get home and that secret is to add a little bit of fabric softener to my Febreze bottle. Um, yes. it's super good. Like it really, really carries the scent a long way. Um, it helps so much. It's, it's really, really good. So then I walk around the house and I spray my curtains. I spray, you know, the, the, the couches, things like that with a Febreze with a little bit of fabric softener. It's really, really nice. Boots is thrown. Yeah. Boots thrown is, is covered. Um, the final one I have, and this is one that I forgot to mention in our in our hacks episode. Um, that is, if you want to cool down a drink quickly, and this works for wine, this works for canned uh, drinks, uh, bottled drinks. What you do is you wet a paper towel, not completely wet, but you damp a paper towel, wrap the drink in it, and throw it into the freezer. Give it a few minutes. Don't forget it there; it's gonna blow up. 
but you give it a few minutes, that thing's going to be cold, man. Yeah, that thing's going to be cold. We did that recently, right? We had like some small event at home, nothing yes. too big, and we yes, wanted and, a cool drink. Yeah, we did it with the wine, if I'm not mistaken, and it works. It does work. Totally worked. Absolutely works. Um, so that's that's the end of that. Uh, let's let's keep this uh, party going. We have a good momentum going for us. I know usually Tyler gets to do this, but today we have you know our our amazing substitute Eddie. Thank you so much for being kicking ass so far, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's Eddie, my do pleasure. You, do you have a movie obscura for us? So yeah, and it also comes with a serendipitous event that brought it up. Um, let me let me check. Sorry, just one second. Yeah. yeah. So, I I by chance happened to go on the birthright trip a few years back. Not everyone knows which, what that is. So the birthright trip is a way for people that are Jewish. To be sent to Israel on a trip to like discover the country and check it out. Um, so that was serendipitous that I got to even go on that trip. But uh, what brings it to the movie Obscura is me being a dummy thinking uh, we're flying Australian Airlines, but we're actually going Austrian Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the Barbie. Let's not. <laughs> So I I scrolled through the in-flight movies and I came across one called Schlussmacher. What the hell? I hope I pronounced that correctly. You just but curse me? <laughs> it's German. Oh. Um yeah, I figured hey, I'm I'm on this random airline that I'll probably never fly on in my life and I came across a random German movie I'll never come across any other way. So I ended up watching it and it actually was awesome. I mean, I'm not usually one to get emotional, but I had some some uh, dust in my eye at the end of that one. Someone was cutting onion on the on the plane. On the flight, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a it's a comedy, but it makes you think a little bit. And basically, uh, what happens in the movie is uh, it's an employee at a professional separation agency. That it's basically a business where they help people break up or they help people quit. Um, one of the employees there is entered in a competition to try to get as many breakups within the allotment period so he can get this massive promotion. Okay. And on on his last job, he ends up befriending the boyfriend that he was hired to break up from the girl. And th they go on basically a massive adventure together. Uh, not not distance-wise, but just emotionally and with their <clears throat> friends and their, their social circles. And the guy comes to think about his personal life and his social life and his love life. And uh, yeah, it, it was a fun movie, uh, randomly you, in German. Do you, do you have the English title of that of that movie? So people, if anyone may be looking it up, could could, could see it? Or, for, for I don't sure. think anyone so, knows how to write Schluchmachchen. <laughs> Schlussmacher. I hope I pronounced it right. It's from yeah. 2013. And okay. the English title is The Breakup Man. The Breakup Man. I think... I mean, isn't this basically Hitch? I mean, but isn't that in reverse? I never saw Hitch. Right, 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 right. But Hitch is usually setting people up, not right, splitting right, them. Right. The break it, up, man. Yeah. It's a fun one. If you can uh, stand the subtitles. <laughs> All right. All right. The Break Up Man 2013. That's the movie Obscura. I love it, man. Yeah. Um, 
I'm just going to throw in a quick uh, rest in peace segment today. Uh, we keep talking about how this episode was a happy accident. And, um, you know, that brings up, you know, the thought of, of course, Bob Ross. Absolutely. Who everyone knows from his happy little clouds and his happy little sunshine and his, you know, uh, happy accidents, if you will. Yeah. Um, so Bob Ross, uh, Robert Norman Ross, was born on October 29th, 1942, and he passed July 4th, 1995. Uh, he was an American painter, an art instructor, an art instructor, and television host. <clears throat> he was the creator and host of The Joy of Painting, an instructional television program that aired from 1983 to 1994 on PBS in the United States, Canada, Latin America, and Europe. I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's also was very huge in Japan as well. They aired it like twice a day. Really? Yeah. That's crazy, man. There's your fun fact. Uh, Ross subsequently became widely known via his posthumous internet presence. He was a cigarette smoker for most of his adult life. Um, uh, where is it? Most of his adult life. Ross expected to die young and suffered from several health problems over the course of his life. Ross died at the age of 52 on July 4th, 1995 in Orlando, Florida due to complications from lymphoma. Uh, his remains are interred at Woodlawn Memorial Park in Gotha, Florida, under a plaque marked Bob Ross, television artist. Ross kept his diagnosis a secret from the general public. His lymphoma was not known to the outsides, uh, outside of his circle and family and friends until his, after his death. The landscapes he painted, typically mountains, lakes, snow, and log cabin scenes, were inspired by his years in Alaska, where he was stationed for the majority of his Air Force career. He repeatedly said everyone had inherent artistic talent and could become an accomplished artist given time, practice, and encouragement. Ross would say, we don't make mistakes. We just have happy accidents. And that is Bob Ross. Yeah. Um, he's, he's apparently huge in the ASMR world. Uh, that, was, that was, I mean, that trend was much before his, his time. Yeah, but um, it's recirculated, right? Because of ASMR? Yeah, 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 ASMR, yeah. So he's he's big, big in that scene. Um, he makes it look so easy. I mean, he makes it look so easy. It's almost frustrating how calm he is and how it's easy for him. He just, like, barely moves the paintbrush and he gets, like, a f f whole landscape. Yeah, fluffy, happy cloud and his friend, uh, Bush, you know? Yeah. There, it's he's He's awesome, though. He's really fun to watch. If you've never seen... I mean, just go and, and, you know, YouTube Bob Ross and, you know, you'll get a million people making fun of him, but you'll get also a million of his videos, which are awesome. They're really, really great. They're, they're like landscapes. Um, when we were younger, his, you know, not, not originals, but, but they would do make, you know, posters of his work. That's yeah. what would be in like dentist office and, you know, the doctor's offices and stuff like that. It's just happy to see. It's just landscapes. Yeah, the, um, the art is pleasant, and he was super pleasant. I mean, just watching that is very calming. Yeah, honestly, honestly, that's a way to lower your blood pressure. So that's that is Bob Ross. Um, as always today, uh, Eddie, you've heard our episodes before. We always like to end it with the song of the day. Um, sure. You want to start us off, Eddie? What's your song of the day today, man? I know you have something interesting for us. So just because uh, it's <clears throat> happy accidents and things like that, I kind of wanted to go on an opposite way. And just because it's a song I like and a band I like, I went with uh, No Surprises by Radiohead. Nice. That's a really nice song. Yeah. I mean, it's not happy, but <laughs> it, 
it has the word surprises. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's really really cool. I I like Radiohead a lot. That's a really really good song. Um, I picked Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. Oh, that's uh, a good one. Yeah, I heard it randomly on the radio. I haven't heard it for in years and years. And that's one of those throwback. songs you just hear. Yeah, throwback. You just hear it and you just sing along, man. And every and you know all the words, but you're like, why do I know all the words to this song? So that's uh, Lenny Kravitz. The song is Fly Away. Uh, Eddie's song was uh, No Surprises by Radiohead. Eddie, dude, you totally jumped into the deep end. I mean, I, I'm not a pro at this but i've done it 36 times with you know with with my partner tyler um you you totally totally jumped into the deep end and i i appreciate you taking it on short notice and and helping me conceptualize it and and honestly dude like you i'm super proud of you man this was really really smooth thank you um we're definitely excited because episode i'm just gonna plug the episode the next episode real quick if you don't mind of course please do uh which episode is this this is 37 yeah it's 37 i'm just i'm just double checking something so next week we have the freestyle episode which is tyler's favorite and then yes and then we're gonna have you back on eddie we're gonna have you back on we're gonna have a few people back on a few of our friends back on we tease this for the saint eric's day special it's gonna be a lot a lot of fun yeah so it's gonna be fun yeah next we're gonna have the freestyle part three everyone knows that's tyler's favorite episode we just talk fucking nonsense forever and then, um, yeah, then the St. Eric's Day special. So come back for us. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. And uh, we'll see you there. Yeah. Uh, let me just say also happy birthday in advance. Just <laughs> Thank so you I can so beat much. Every, beat everyone else for saying it. Yeah, you're definitely first this year now. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Yeah. Have a good one.